You need to think about ways that can build visibility, organic visibility as much as you can and brand credibility so that the paid ads start landing. It's, it's kind of difficult to go just straight out and just acquiring without that kind of softening. Welcome to Honest Ecommerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honesty Commerce. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And today, we're welcoming the show Peter Ritarno. Peter is a founder, an operator, an investor with 15 years of experience in the consumer brand and advertising world. Currently, he's the founder at the supplement brand Mojo, and he's a partner at the ad agency Academy. Welcome to the show, Peter. Thanks so much. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. And for the third time we've tried to do this, that was the best <laughs> intro of them all. He nailed it. Awesome. Awesome. So for those that are unaware, what types of products are you guys bringing to market over there at Mojo? So Mojo is essentially a, a gummy that mimics the benefits of a microdose. So what does that mean? It means when people are microdosing substances like psilocybin, they're looking to get an increase of energy, focus, um, you know, improved cognition over a period of time. Um, mental clarity, mood improvement, things like that. And so Mojo mimics those benefits in a fully legal platform. We have um, 12 different ingredients that we stack together. They work synergistically to bring you those effects. So it's a, it's a pretty unique and innovative uh, product, we think. Um, we launched it in 2021 and it's been uh, rocking and rolling ever since. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, where does one come up with the idea for this or like... You know, how did you kind of step into this industry? It's a little interesting. Yeah, I've been working in these kind of frontier emerging markets for for a little bit. So I've got a lot of experience with cannabis and and CBD. I've brought products to market in that space. Um, I've been interested in mushroom based wellness for a long time. I've tried all of the products that are out there. You know, we all know the brands, the coffees, the teas, things like that. But I've also been super interested in psychedelics and what they can do from a mental wellness, mental health perspective, you know, ever since I was 16, really. I mean, back then it was definitely more, you know, let's mess around with these mushrooms and see what we can do. It wasn't really the mental wellness aspect, but, you know, over, over a period of time, um, the science, the history, the research really, um, you know, really captivated me. And frankly, when I was creating Mojo, it was really scratching my own itch. Um, this was at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, you know, I'm a busy dad of two. Um, you know, I've got a business. I, I, I like microdosing, but, you know, some of the legal challenges around it are, you know, an issue, access, things like that. And I, I just thought, wouldn't it be cool if we could create a product that mimics those benefits, those effects, but in a fully legal platform so we could scale it up, um, around the world, uh, get, you know, more people to have access to these benefits, but also create a really interesting business because at the time, psychedelics were really starting to take off in terms of capital moving into the 
into this space in terms of cultural interest, you know, every week, you know, it seemed like another celebrity was taking ayahuasca and, you know, doing all of these kind of things. And so we wanted to tap into that growing cultural zeitgeist. Regulations were kind of softening up and capital was, was flowing into the space. Businesses were being funded off the back of that. And we were ultimately funded by a kind of host of different psychedelic science, um, investment funds. So that's how I got here. Um, and it's been, it's been tremendous, really. I mean, I really enjoy it so far. That's fantastic. All right. So you've got the idea. You see there is a trend forming in this industry that gives you kind of the insight to like, all right, this is worth pursuing. What's the next step after we have an idea for a product? What do you do? So really, it was the... You're exactly right. I had this vision. You know, I wanted to make psychedelic wellness, mushroom-based wellness more accessible. I had tons of different product ideas. Why don't we make a, you know, a drink? Why don't we make a grow kit so people could grow it at home? Of course, you know, tons of different products is not a good idea for a startup. So I really wanted to narrow it down. Mojo was the idea that um, really stood out for me. And to be honest, it was really serendipity. I was on a conference... Um, uh, you know, watching somebody speak, it was a, a, a psychedelic science conference and somebody was in the uh, chat group talking about psychedelic science and some of the R&D that they were interested in. And it turned out to be Daniel, um, who became my co-founder. But Daniel is a biotechnologist, expert in genetics. He's been doing R&D for a long time with CBD, cannabinoids, uh, wellness products. And so we started chatting, um, hit it off, and we started riffing on di the different ideas. It turns out he already had an initial formulation that was in the realm of what we were talking about, which was, you know, he, he created a product at university to mimic the effects of Adderall so he could um, use it as a study aid. So we took that used that base formulation, iterated on it, gave it out to loads of people. And to start with, it was way too strong. It was too sugary. We had all of these problems with it. We were giving it out to all sorts of people, collecting feedback. And we basically treated it like a kind of tech product. We iterated, did focus groups, who liked it. To start with, we thought it would be, you know, gamers. Turns out that wasn't right. And so we, we slowly worked out who was interested in it, what we needed to do from a product R&D perspective. And then in 2021, um, we launched the final version of the product. So there was a, there was a lot of, it was really product R&D to start with, as well as kind of capital raising, financing, talking to VCs, you know, being visible in this kind of, in this growing space. And then, you know, come 2021, it was go to market strategy, you know, PR. What are we going to do from an acquisition standpoint? I love that you just helped me do my own job. Let's talk about that. How did, what was the go to market strategy? How did you get this new product in front of eyes? Yeah. I mean, so my background is growth marketing, uh, paid acquisition. So obviously we, we thought a lot about that. Um, we tested a bunch of things to start with very shallow. Um, so, you know, could be at the time TikTok was like, you know, every consumer brand needs to be on TikTok. And it's still kind of like that, but you know, that was the time when organic reach was very easy. Um, throw something up there, you could get some hits. So we tested TikTok, we tested Facebook, we tested Google. Um, we tested a bunch of things. We started testing creative for different buyer personas. We were, we were kind of reasonably sure on, on where to go. Um, but you know, the type of content, the type of audience, um, it was, it was something that we needed to test and learn. Ultimately, um, the platforms that have worked best for Mojo have been Meta, going very deep on Meta, 
a small amount of uh, Google, uh, some brand protection and some kind of broad terms and then Amazon spend. And we, we don't spend anything on TikTok. We, we kind of post organically on TikTok. But those, those three platforms are really where we spend the majority of our time. And I think that's probably true of most e-commerce brands, to be honest, like marketers, we love complexity. We love to build 360 campaigns and kind of look like we're doing lots of these different things. But for the most part, and this, that, that applies to like targeting as well on, on, on Facebook or Meta as well, to be honest. Like it, for most, for the most brands, broad targeting, letting the algorithm and AI do the work is the way to do it versus kind of narrow targeting and kind of, you know, doing really tight optimizations like that. So, um, you know, si- simple as best. And so we, I think for most brands up until you're probably about 10, $15 million in revenue, you could probably saturate Facebook first, depending on your, you know, exact target audience and then start moving out to these, to these other platforms and testing and learning. Um, but then we also started to get into retail stores. Um, so we're in urban outfitters. We're now in, you know, Walmart online. We're in well.ca. So a bunch of the kind of digital marketplaces as well as physical stores. Um, and we do a ton of UGC. So from an acquisition standpoint, what works best for us is, you know, UGC on meta, talking about the products, testing different angles and hooks, sending them to different landing pages. So we have a free trial page. We have a 20% off kind of always on page. Um, and then we, you know, whitelist from different, um, UGC creators as well. So it's coming from a, a third party. Um, so that works tremendously well. That that's probably the key, you know. I'd say just broadly for 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 TikTok and and Meta. To be honest, is the 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 targeting and the algorithms have got have got so good. You really just it's the creative, it's the copy and the creative that drives results. That's how you get kind of the exponential kind of growth and returns. Getting killer creative, testing different hooks, angles, you know, that are in line with the buyer personas, and making really good direct response kind of sales copy that works for the scripts in those in those ads. Absolutely. Now, breaking a brand through an advertising channel being your number one acquisition strategy, it's not cheap. Can you share anything about what types of budgets a brand should try to allocate if that is going to be their avenue they pursue to, you know, acquire first-time buyers? Yeah. I mean, the truth is if you're not allocating enough spend, um, you'll never get out of the learning phase of any of these platforms. Um, so I haven't really seen campaigns work that are spending, you know, too much less than five, five grand a month, um, you know, going in on, you know, one ad set, um, optimizing towards conversion. So, um, ideally you want to be spending more, but really it's a question of, um, you know, your economic metrics, you should be willing to spend, you know, really a a third of your LTV on acquiring a new customer. What can you acquire them at? And then how many do you want to acquire and kind of multiply that, multiply that out. Exactly. But I would say also caveat, you know, building a brand, um, you're going to be paying high CPAs to start with. You've got to spend on, you know, doing some awareness. You want to be hacking early on to drive awareness and brand, um, credibility. So can you get featured in different press articles? Are you doing something interesting, novel? Like that could mean doing PR in a traditional sense, but that could mean doing like, you know, I've got a friend that runs a, um, a cool breathwork app and uh, physical space and they, spend a lot of time doing podcast tours. Um, so, you know, he does like a hundred, 150 
um, podcast in a couple of years, um, just relentlessly getting out there talking about the product. You need to think about ways that can build visibility, organic visibility as much as you can and brand credibility so that the paid ads start landing. It's, it's kind of difficult to go just straight out and just acquiring without that kind of softening. Hey there, merchant. Are you tired of trying to navigate the wild world of e-commerce on your own? Are you looking for a partner to help you achieve your goals? Look no further than the Shopify Plus agency, Electric Eye. Our team has a proven track record of helping our clients make millions with strategic design and development. Whether you're migrating from a legacy platform to Shopify, designing a new theme for your store, or just looking to optimize what you already have, Electric Eye is the perfect partner for you. Electric Eye are true Shopify experts. Not only is our Shopify knowledge unparalleled, but we have partnerships with all the best tech in the Shopify ecosystem. And don't worry, we're easy to get a hold of. Our clients rave about our fast communication. So here's the deal. If you're an e-commerce business doing over $1 million a year, you can receive a complimentary Shopify diagnostic from our team of experts. That's free, personalized strategic recommendations to improve your store and grow your business. To get started, head on over to electriceye.io slash connect to schedule an intro call with one of our experts. That's electriceye.io slash connect. If you don't know what that sound is, you might be listening to the wrong podcast. That is the sound of another sale on your Shopify store. That's right, folks. We finally made it. Shopify is a sponsor of today's episode of Honest E-Commerce. And I'm here today to talk about Shopify's point of sale solution. Shopify point of sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. This has been a huge issue for clients of our agency in the past. You need your inventory to be synced in real time and Shopify POS does just that. Connect with customers in store and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. You can get hardware that fits your business, take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success at every step along the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash honest, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash honest, H-O-N-E-S-T, to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash honest. All right. I want you to picture this. You're an e-commerce merchant juggling multiple platforms to manage your email marketing, SMS campaigns, and product reviews. It's a time-consuming and costly ordeal. But with Sendlane, those days of chaos are long gone. Sendlane brings together the power of email, SMS, and reviews all in one convenient place. So you can say goodbye to the hassle of separate tools and hello to simplified operations, increased efficiency, unified customer experience, and huge savings. And I haven't even gotten to the best part. With the all-new free Sendlane reviews, you can leverage social proof to build trust and credibility with potential customers. Let me say that again. Free product reviews. With Sendlane, you pay for email and SMS and you get reviews for free. Sendlane understands that customer feedback is essential for the success of any e-commerce business. That's why they've made it an integral part of their platform without any additional cost to you. 
By unifying these key components of your tech stack, Sendlane helps you save time and money all while generating more revenue. Don't let your e-commerce tech stack hold you back. Embrace the unifying force of Sendlane and take your business to new heights. Sign up today and experience the power of streamlined operations, increased efficiency, and revenue growth. Visit Sendlane.com honest to learn more and schedule your free consultation with a Sendlane expert. That's Sendlane.com honest. And that's why you mentioned earlier that you guys launched not only through paid, but you had that organic kind of PR element to the launch strategy as well. Exactly. Like we wanted to be in devices, you know, insiders, Forbes, these kind of things that like A, it creates a lot of visibility. Like early on, one of the articles that did really well for us was in Business Insider. It was somebody that actually, you know, reached out to us based on another article that they'd seen. Um, and they wanted to do a review and the headline was, it was something along the lines of I tried a gummy that was meant to, um, meant to give you the same effects as Adderall. Here's what I think. And that article alone, that headline was so useful for us sharing on social, using it in ads. Um, it picked up a lot of organic steam. So you can't underestimate the importance of that stuff. Yeah. And just to like walk someone through how that works is you'll have those articles go out to obviously they're these places have a bunch of followers some are probably interested more than likely most of them aren't right so the ones that are interested and the ones that land there and then venture back to your your store or your landing page or whatever you know the CDA call to action is on that those people now get picked up by whatever pixels you're using for retargeting to just better enhance the targeting for those tools. So it allows those tools to refine and get out of that learning phase just that much faster. Exactly. And, you know, so you'll, you'll get all of that stuff, but really the, the long tail of usefulness for those articles is in the content that you're making. So, you know, most of the UGC content we're making will, you know, it'll talk about legal microdosing or or any of those kind of um headlines and in the background will flash up the different articles we've been featured in just to build credibility so it's a real like it's a content play um you know we we were recently on dragon's den um which is the shark tank in in, in canada you know that's useful from a visibility standpoint it it's free to apply. You can get on there. You can get on TV. Um, so that creates visibility, but you also can use the footage and using that footage in your UGC really extends the life. It builds credibility. So all of that stuff's really helpful with the type of content that I think most e-commerce brands need to make. Absolutely. Now you're, we're talking about all the positives of building this awesome brand in this emerging category, but like, let's, let's be real here. It's still kind of a vice category, you know, the one thing I want to call out is obviously you had a bunch of experience previously with the cannabis industry. And this Canada is a lot more friendly these days than the United States is in certain aspects of how that works. So what are some of the downsides of launching a brand into such a uh, controlled category, if I was going to use that phrase? Yeah. I mean, ultimately, it's much more difficult to build a brand in these spaces because this, the, the D2C element, all of those kind of tools that you would typically use with abandon you know say if you're just use it you know you're you're selling a cool compost bin that does it electronically random example i don't know why that popped into my head but there's going to be no flags on tiktok or facebook or twitter or google um but 
if you're, you know, if you're building a cannabis company or CBD, CBD company, you can't advertise on those platforms or you can't advertise in a legitimate way. There are ways to, you know, run an ad from a third party account, send it to a landing page that doesn't mention cannabis, you know, push people through that squeeze page onto the main site. So, you know, there's hacky ways to do it, but those aren't really conducive to scaling a brand and scaling your ad account when you've got to be that hacky. And, you know, although our product is, fully legal, you know, everywhere. Um, we've run into problems continuously. Um, you know, TikTok specifically is very prickly about microdosing type language. Um, it, if you're ever, if you're in a supplement or wellness vertical, so forget about cannabis or psychedelics or anything like that, you've always got to watch out for health claims. What can you say about the product? What can you realistically claim about the product? Um, you know, making specific direct claims is, is kind of tricky. And Facebook likes the platform and the ads to be a bit more uplifting. So talking about like, you know, aspirational things, not, you know, you've got acne. This is how you solve it type of thing, like you know, accusatory type issues. Um, so, you know, there's a, there's a whole host of issues there. And like I said, with, with Mojo, TikTok have taken us down. I'm convinced we've been shadow banned. So although we're not taken down, the reach has been, <laughs> you know, on and off restricted. Um, you know, Facebook has its, has its issues. Shopify payment processing can be a challenge. So you need to make sure you have, um, this is a, you know, a live example for me over the last few weeks. <laughs> you need to make sure you have, you know, backups for, for payment processing. Cause again, even though it's not illegal or illicit, each platform has, you know, automated ways of switching things on and off. And the support systems for these giant billion dollar companies are, are virtually non-existent most of the time. So. That's really the challenge. Um, and there's, there's a whole host of other challenges with cannabis and CBD specifically. You know, um, CBD has a bunch of, you know, you know, a huge amount of competitors fluctuate, flew into that space. So it's just, it's just full of people slinging what is essentially a commoditized product. Um, the health claims on them are fairly speculative. There's not that much good science behind cannabinoids and CBD. There's there's a little bit, nothing compared to what there is for, say, psychedelics that have been studied since the 60s and 70s. So, you know, in CBD, you're in a market that's hugely saturated. The health claims aren't really there and you can't advertise on, you know, the, the standard channels and you definitely can't use Shopify payment processing. So, you know, it's tricky. It's tricky for sure. You need to have a very good po- proposition if you're going into these spaces. Oh, absolutely. Whenever a brand reaches out to the agency about working together, depending on where they are, kind of in their journey, you know, one of the first questions that comes up, I'm like, hey, I'm just confirming you have a shop, you have like a, a payment processor already sorted, right? And that shows you the caliber of business you're, you're talking with, by the way, to answer that question. Uh, if they assume that they were going to use shop pay, you know that they haven't done their research. Mm hmm. Hundred percent. Now we talked a lot about Mojo, um, and we kind of just brushed over Academy. But a lot of your, you know, expertise from the advertising and buying world came in. What are you guys up to at uh, Academy? What types of brands are you helping? What's you know, what are you doing over there? Yeah, I mean, I've always been in the agency um, game. Um, my first agency I worked in in the UK was like a web development um, agency that we built our own SaaS products. Um, so that was a great experience for me. I found an agency called um, Spark, which was an SEO AdWords kind of agency in Toronto when I when I first arrived, and um, we sold that agency and then started an agency called 
Abacus, which was a paid acquisition agency. It purely focused on paid acquisition, mostly on Facebook. Um, and, you know, back then that was a bit of a differentiator. It certainly isn't now, but, you know, we ran that agency for six years and then ultimately realized, you know, over a period of time that if we wanted to control the results, we needed to control more of the funnel. And it, it wasn't good enough being this hyper specialist agency, just focusing on the optimization side. It became increasingly obvious that you needed to be very good at the content and creative and producing content and creative at scale that works on these platforms. So we started to build in a bit of our own offering, but we started working with an agency called Sophomore, which is a creative agency and just, you know, Fell in love. Uh, we were, we realized that we were a good, good partnership and, um, we started working on clients together. We started pitching together and ultimately we merged the agencies together to where it is now, which is much more of a kind of full service advertising agency. But our focus is content, building out content, um, that's made for strategic performance. So. What does that mean? It means we're creating content. It could be high glossy TV commercials, but you know, in reality, it's, it, it's quite often brands need a lot of different types of content. You know, maybe behind the scenes content, maybe UGC content, maybe you know, quick cut social content that works very well on TikTok. So we make all of that type of content with the through line of we want to make sure that this content you know, actually performs for the brand. So for UGC, uh, for, for e-com brands that, you know, that's typically, you know, a lot of you know, social ads, um, social content that conforms to the, you know, social uh, story arc. So, you know, in the first three seconds, get people's attention and then, you know, tell them what's in it for them type of thing. So we make a lot of that type of content and we really focus on how do we distribute it effectively to drive the results um, that the brand wants? And we work with, um, like I said, e-com brands, large e-com brands, but we also work with, you know, air, an airline helping them expand their different routes. We work with a huge uh, mattress company here in Canada, helping them with kind of driving awareness for physical retail as well as, as kind of their online proposition. So. It's really all over the place, but we're, we're a content agency and we're trying to innovate on the process of producing really good, high quality content that performs in market. Um, and like I said, it's, you know, quite often the case, the, I think one of the biggest problems for brands is getting the sheer amount of volume of content, qu uh, quantity of content at the scale you need, at the speed you need to drive the kind of campaigns that you need to drive um, for performance campaigns. So, you know, a lot of the big brands come to us and they have incredible retargeting, you know, systems, but they're using the same piece of content for the, all of these amazing different funnels. And so you need a lot of content that's high quality, that's strategic, um, and uh, you need it quick and you need it to be kind of, you know, in rapid response to changing norms, culture, and uh, results coming back in. So that testing feedback um, is super important. So um, that's one of our real value propositions is producing content at scale that, you know, ultimately feeds into the system that gets tested um, and battle hardened to work in, in whatever working means to that brand. That's amazing. You guys are doing some some heavy lifting over there for the brands that you're working for. Now, is there anything I didn't ask you about today that you think would resonate with our audience? You got some pretty good questions. I mean, I'm happy to talk about anything kind of agency related, content related, or or D2C stuff. You know, um, I feel like I've I've seen it all from the different angles. Um, so, you know, I've raised money for brands, I've built brands, I've worked for brands. I mean, that's one of the, the great things about you know I think about 
running a brand, I think every agency should just try or every agency owner should at least try to launch their own brand and spend their own money on acquiring customers or building out a proposition because it really gives you a taste for what the brands are going through and experiencing these business owners are experiencing. Like it's one thing to sell advertising services to other brands and, you know, ultimately not having a tremendous amount of skin in the game, um, unless you have kind of performance models. Um, and it's quite another thing to launch your own dog food, your own agency offering and test whether it actually works. So I, I truly love that part of our agency. And we've kind of got a little bit of a, a lab system, a skunk work system where we're, we're always working on new ideas that we can test, uh, new little brands that we can test and use our own services to see if we can, we can scale it out and, um, you know, and we can, we can A, B test our own service offering and see where, see where are the holes. So it, it's super useful for both our agency. Um, but also it's, you know, it's, it's great to see a brand scale that you've, you've worked on yourself. Absolutely. Now, if I'm listening to this show and I'm curious to learn more about Mojo, where should I go? You can go to mojo.shop. Uh, that's probably the easiest spot. We're on Amazon as well, but mojo.shop if you want to, uh, see the website in all its glory. And there's a, there's a, um, a, a welcome discount, welcome 20 that you can get 20% off. Awesome. And if, uh, your, Advertising agency sounds curious to somebody. Where should they go? So you can go to madebyacademy.com. We can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own businesses. You can find all the links in the show notes. You can subscribe to the newsletter at honestycommerce.co to get each episode delivered right into your inbox. If you're enjoying this content, consider leaving a review on iTunes. That really helps us out. Lastly, if you're a store owner looking for an amazing partner to help you get your Shopify store to the next level, reach out to Electric Eye at electriceye.io slash connect. Until next time.